Picture of the Apostle Peter sitting on a rooftop in Joppa, waiting for lunch after a time of midday prayer. Suddenly, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens opened and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. A voice from heaven told Peter to rise, kill, and eat the animals, something a devout Jew would never do. At first he objected. It took three times before Peter understood. Jesus said, make disciples of all nations. It took a dramatic vision from heaven for Peter to understand that the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ was also for the Gentiles. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Hello, and welcome to this Friday edition of Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. I'm Brian Davis, thanks for stopping by. John 3:16 doesn't tell us that God so loved Jerusalem or that God so loved America. It says, he loved the world, every nation, every tribe, every tongue. Today, Ron takes us to Acts chapter 10 and to one of the great turning points in church history. Stay with us here or stop by our new digital streaming platform at somethinggoodradio.org to listen to the broadcast on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. You can also subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcast and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And now from his teaching series, A.D., Acts of the Apostles, here's Ron with his Something Good radio message, Pride, Prejudice, and the Gospel. Many years ago when I was serving uh, another church in another place, uh, two men came up to me after a morning worship service and um, began to have a conversation with me. They were very kind about the sermon that I preached that day, had some nice things to say. Quickly, they turned the conversation in a different direction. They wanted me to know about a young couple that had recently gotten engaged in our church, and um, I, I wasn't aware of it, but uh, they wanted me to be aware of it. They also wanted me to be aware that uh, he was a white guy, she was a black girl. And it was clear from the way they told the story, they did not approve. And they wanted to know whether their pastor shared their disapproval. Well, that's when I felt this um, warm, righteous anger boiling up inside of me. Now, fortunately, I restrained myself because what I really wanted to do was to take these two good old boys, and that's the nicest thing I could say about them, grab them by the back of the neck and knock their heads together. But I didn't do that. I restrained myself because I was envisioning the, the headlines the next day, pastor assaults two parishioners in the lobby of the church. And I didn't go there. Uh, we're in Acts chapter 10 this morning, and I've titled the message, Pride, Prejudice, and the Gospel. Because what we're going to learn is, as we've been learning along the way, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is for the world. 
Jesus said in his great commission, go and make disciples of all nations. Just before he ascended to the Father in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, he, he reiterated the scope of this gospel plan. He says, you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts. And for it to get from Jerusalem to the ends of the earth, which included the Gentile nations, the early followers of Jesus were going to have to shed some of the pride and the prejudice that was getting in the way of what God was doing. There's a gospel train that left the station, and it's, it's a speedy train. It's moving from Jerusalem. You know, it would have stayed in Jerusalem, but for Acts chapter 8, when the Lord turned up the heat, remember the persecution came, and the early followers of Jesus scattered into Judea. And yes, the gospel even came to Samaria of all places. Oh, the racial tensions between Jews and Samaritans was huge in the first century. But it still hadn't gotten to the Gentile nations. And in order for that train to keep on moving, for that gospel to keep on spreading, pride and prejudice would have to be purged from the hearts of those early followers of Jesus. And we're going to learn about that in Acts chapter 10 and all the way through uh, the middle part of chapter 11. William Barclay says the 10th chapter of Acts tells a story that is one of the great turning points in the history of the church. He goes on to say, we usually do not realize how near Christianity was to becoming only another kind of Judaism. All the first Christians were Jews, and the whole tradition and outlook of Judaism would have moved them to keep this new wonder to themselves and to believe that God could not possibly have meant it for the Gentiles. Luke sees this incident as a notable milestone on the road along which the church was groping its way to the conception of a world for Christ. And, and this is what we've come to in Acts chapter 10. I, I've been saying all along that since the day of Pentecost, God's been doing a big thing. It's a transitional thing. But here's a big thing inside the big thing. Now the gospel is blowing up all the way to the ends of the earth. This gospel train is moving. But pride and prejudice inside the church threatens the spread of the gospel. And, and God has to deal with one of the leaders a guy by the name of Peter, and we're going to read Peter's story. In fact, before we uh, get to all that story in Acts 10 and 11, let's just talk a little bit about prejudice. Let me, let me give you a definition and then a comment afterwards. Prejudice is the belief that one person is superior to another by means of arbitrary comparisons. Let me say that again. Prejudice is that belief, perhaps inside of us, that one person is superior to another person based on arbitrary comparisons, the sin of comparison. And the common categories of comparison are, you know, race, the color of our skin, gender, economic status, religion, age, ancestry, disability, marital status. We could go on and on and on. Examine your heart today. Allow the searchlight of the Holy Spirit to go inside even those dark crevices of your heart and my heart and examine if we are engaged in the sin of what uh, the Bible calls partiality 
or the respecter of persons, that you've somehow made distinctions, categorical distinctions, comparisons between yourself and another person, and in some small way, even a subtle way, thought yourself to be superior to them because you're in this category and not this category. A prejudice rears its ugly head in every generation. Uh, it, is, it is that part of us deep in our soul that is broken and can only be redeemed by the Lord Jesus Christ and only be sanctified, cleaned up, made holy uh, by the work of the Holy Spirit in us. And this is not the kind of message to be looking around and pointing the finger at somebody else. It's the kind of message to where we examine ourselves. Uh, we pray like the uh, psalmist prayed in Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me, even the wickedness of prejudice, even a smidgen of it, and lead me in the way everlasting. Peter had to go through this. The early apostles had to go through this. And understanding that the sin of partiality and being a respecter of persons and prejudice rears its head in every generation, uh, let, let's learn from their story. Now, before we get to the story, let me just give you some of the main characters and some of the main locations, because we're going to cover a lot of ground in chapter 10 through the middle of chapter 11, and we're going to move somewhat fast through that and learn some lessons along the way. But here are the three main characters in, in this story, this big story and this big thing happened inside the bigger thing of, uh, of, of the book of Acts. The first is Cornelius, the centurion. Uh, we're going to first meet a guy named Cornelius. He is as Roman and as Gentile as you can get. And he has achieved a certain status as a military officer within the uh, Roman military. Uh, he's a centurion, and he lives in a, a wonderful little um, uh, coastal city called Caesarea. You can go to Caesarea today. If you, if you go to Israel with us, it's one of our first visits is to Caesarea, right there on the beautiful uh, midnight blue Mediterranean Sea. Caesarea was a wonderful place to live. About 35 miles from Joppa, where we left Peter, the apostle, last time, and about 65 miles northwest of Jerusalem is Caesarea. Uh, but uh, Cornelius, a centurion, a Gentile uh, is one of the main characters. Of course, Peter the Apostle is as well. Remember, Peter was making his way up the Mediterranean coast last time we were together, and he, he stopped off at Lydda. He healed a couple of people there, and then he made his way on to Joppa. And he's staying at the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. Now, God was already doing a work in Peter's heart, uh, melting away some of the pride and the prejudice. We see this just the, by the fact that he's staying at Simon's house. Simon was a tanner, uh, meaning that he dealt with um, the dead carcasses of animals, and a pure Jew would never do that. A pure Jew would never associate with a person like that because a dead carcass was considered unclean. And a pure Jew would never stay at the home of a Gentile, let alone a Gentile who was also a tanner. 
God was beginning to work on Peter's heart and separating and, and, and really bl uh, uh, blending over the distinctions between clean and unclean, something that Peter had learned as a Jew uh, from his early days, that these things are clean and these things are unclean. You stay away from these things, but you, you know, embrace these things. Some people are unclean, but other people are not. Peter grew up with those kinds of distinctions in Judaism. And the Lord is slowly, you know, purging him of this, starting with his stay at the home of Simon the Tanner. And we'll get more into that as time goes on. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more of Dr. Ron Jones' message, Pride, Prejudice, and the Gospel. If you're new to the program, we'd like you to know that all of Ron's messages are archived at our website somethinggoodradio.org. Again, that's somethinggoodradio.org. And when you stop by, use the Partner tab at the top of the homepage to check out the 828 Club, a special group of people who partner with Ron so that he can keep sharing the truth of God's Word the whole year through. Join the 828 Club right from our website or feel free to call us at 757 276 101 Again, that number is 757-276-1099. The Apostle Peter was born a Jew. And even after he was born again, he held on to some of the Jewish beliefs he had known all his life. But God was about to do something big in the life of Peter and in the life of the church. Here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good radio message, Pride, Prejudice, and the Gospel. Now, let's get into the story, and again, some lessons to learn as we work our way through Acts 10 and 11. The first lesson is this, religious devotion is not enough to save from eternal damnation. Go with me to chapter 10, beginning in verse 1, and let's meet Cornelius. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort, a devout man who feared God with all his household gave alms generously to the people, and prayed continually to God. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius, and he stared at him in terror and said, What is it, Lord or sir? And he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and bring one Simon, who is called Peter. He is lodging with one Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. By the way, Simon's house was by the sea because he was a Gentile, because he was a tanner, and they cast him outside the city, not because it was great to live by the sea, although it's pretty nice on the Mediterranean coast there. Simon, was, the tanner, was already an outcast. Verse 7, when the angel who spoke to him had departed, he called two of his servants and a devout soldier from among those who attended him, and having related everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. Now, again, Cornelius is a centurion. Uh, he has achieved a certain rank within the military. He's been successful as a military officer, and he is a commander over people. He is a Gentile, and he is a God-fearing man. Uh, he is a God-fearing man who is also generous with his possessions. He gives alms to the poor. Uh, he's a charitable man, and he is a man of prayer. But mark it down, friends, Cornelius is not a saved man. He's not had a born-again experience. He, he is full of religious devotion, 
but he still needs Jesus. And the gospel is going to come to Cornelius, and he is going to get gloriously saved along with his household. And, and Cornelius is just a reminder to us that religious devotion, religious devotion alone is not enough to save from eternal damnation. Hell is paved with good intentions and sincere religious devotion. But the only way you're made right with Jesus, and Peter's going to make this clear when we get to chapter uh, to end of chapter 10 and even in chapter 11. The only way you get right with God is through Jesus and through the cross of Jesus Christ, no matter how sincere your religious devotion is. And Cornelius was a sincere man. Kind of reminds me of Nicodemus and the exchange that Jesus had with a Pharisee, a, a religious leader in Judaism named Nicodemus. John chapter 3, Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Your religious devotion is not enough. And my challenge to you and my encouragement to you today is if you're still trusting in your religious devotion, how many times you go to church, how kind you are to other people, how many uh, uh, charitable deeds you have done, uh, maybe even comparing yourself to another person who is not as religiously devoted as you are, if that's what you're trusting in to have a right relationship with God, think again. Because Cornelius needed Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father uh, but by me. And the Lord was kind enough to send an angel to Cornelius and uh, to get his attention and to say, listen, Cornelius, I want you to send some men to Joppa and bring back a guy named Peter. Now, what's amazing about this story is the Lord's timing and the way the Lord sovereignly orchestrated some meetings here. Caesarea and Joppa were about 35 miles apart, and by foot, it took about two days to get there. And so while these men are traveling from Caesarea, an envoy from Cornelius to go get Peter, the Lord is dealing with Peter. And then they've got a two-day journey back, and, and we'll catch up to all of that. But, but don't miss the Lord's perfect timing in this and how He orchestrated uh, various conversations and, and various uh, interactions here. The second lesson we learn as we move on is that God is no respecter of persons. The idea of prejudice, uh, depending upon your Bible translation, is mentioned in various ways. God is not a respecter of persons. He does not show favoritism, okay, is another way the translation says it. Um, I, I'm just using the one that says He's no respecter of persons. Let's read on in verse 9. The next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up to the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. Let me stop right there. The Jews observed prayer at certain hours of the day, uh, the third hour, the sixth hour, which was noon, the ninth hour, which was three in the afternoon. And uh, Cornelius, you know, was, was observing the ninth hour of prayer, another indication of his uh, religious devotion. Peter was probably observing the sixth hour of prayer and goes up to a rooftop to pray and also to have a little lunch. says verse 10, he became hungry and wanted something to eat, but while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens opened and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air, and there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. 
But Peter said, by no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time, what God has made clean, do not call common. And this happened three times, and the thing was taken up at once to heaven. Well, Peter's up there um, observing the hour of prayer. He gets hungry, has a little uh, lunch perhaps brought up to him, but before he does, he's, he's found to be in a trance, a vision, and he sees this, call it a bedsheet or a linen coming down from heaven, filled with all of these animals that a pure Jew would consider to be unclean. They were great at categorizing and comparing. You're either in this category or this category. If you're not in this category, but I'm in that category, and that's how the comparisons and the prejudices began. It, it was a bedsheet full of all kinds of animals that they considered unclean, and the voice from heaven says, rise up, kill these animals, right? Every hunter loves that, right? Just take out your bow, take out your gun, whatever, you know, shoot and fire, kill these animals and eat. And Peter, being a good Jew, who had grown up with distinctions and lines drawn. He says, I can't do that. And the voice comes back and says, what God has made clean, do not call common. And again, the Lord is, 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 is slowly uh, beginning to purge Peter of, of these matters of distinction and separation. This between what is clean and, uh, and, and what, is, what is unclean. It goes on to say in verse 17 that while Peter uh, was inwardly perplexed as to what the vision that he had seen might mean. You're listening to Something Good Radio with Dr. Ron Jones. Today's message, Pride, Prejudice, and the Gospel, along with all of Ron's messages, can be heard on demand at somethinggoodradio.org. Use the radio tab at the top of the homepage. That's somethinggoodradio.org. While you're there, be sure to check out Dr. Ron Jones' Discipleship Coaching Experience. Starting Point, A Disciple's First Steps. In Starting Point, Ron takes you back to the fundamentals of the Christian faith and helps equip you to fulfill the Great Commission by making disciples of others. To find Starting Point, A Disciple's First Steps, look for Something Good Courses when you visit somethinggoodradio.org. Have you ever wanted to visit the land of the Bible and walk in the footsteps of Jesus? Join Dr. Ron and Catherine Jones and the Something Good Radio team for a thrilling Israel tour happening in January 2022. Experience a boat ride on the Sea of Galilee. Walk down the Via Dolorosa. Visit Gethsemane where Jesus prayed and Calvary where he shed his blood for you. Step inside the empty tomb and see for yourself that your Savior is risen indeed. Is the Holy Land on your bucket list? Experience Israel 2022. Register at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. To make a reservation or to get more information on our trip to the Holy Land, look for Something Good Travel when you visit somethinggoodradio.org. For your gift to Something Good Radio, we'd like to offer you the complete audio download of the series that you're hearing now, A.D. Acts of the Apostles. 
That's all 19 messages in Ron's teaching series, AD Acts of the Apostles. This content is available for a limited time to our monthly partners or for anyone who sends a gift today. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. Or call our offices at 757-276-1099. For God so loved the world. The world. And the world is made up of all kinds of different people. Different from you and me. Location, race, skin color, nationality, age, marital status, economic status, you name the category. But in the body of Christ, the beauty of it is unity in the midst of diversity. That's heaven. Heaven will be an ethnically diverse place. Heaven will be such a diverse place. We're coming from all kinds of experiences and all kinds of, you know, places got to get on that gospel train. That's next time when Ron shares part two of his message, Pride, Prejudice, and the Gospel. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. God bless and thanks for listening.